on maynard.com.au. Oh, look, I'm in the special meet and greet section upstairs at the Astor Theatre here with a few people that have been here for the meet and greet for Berlin. How long have you been a big Berlin fan, sir? Oh, quite a while. And have you brought anything special to sign? Can have any of you brought any cassettes to sign or something from back? Hello, here we go. Aaron. Aaron, you look like you've got a bag of fun there. What artefacts have you got from the 20th century? From the Top Gun soundtrack. While you're at it there, she is giving Lamal a run for his money in the hair stakes there. I know the girls <laughs> did have bigger hair, but the guys were pretty close, but that's amazing. That is, that's mm. very true, yeah. Right. At least he can play that on a record player. Who's got a VHS player now? I still have a VHS player right now, yes. That's your copy of Top Gun. You're going to get it to sign it? Yes, definitely. I, I love I love Top Gun. So where's it take you back to when you're here? take my breath away. Probably back to Tom Cruise coming over for a roast on a Sunday. Yes. I'm going to find that and dig that out. <laughs> okay, folks, here we go. We're going to dial the winner of our Dinner with Tom Cruise competition. Hello. Hello, Julie Rankin. Yeah. Nice work, Julie. You've scored a dinner with Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes, a stretch limousine will take you to a top city restaurant, then a romantic dinner, just you and Tom. When? Tonight. And you've been dragged along here or are you a bit of a fan of Terry? Oh, I've been dragged along here, but <laughs> I am, am a little bit of a fan. I'll go over to the Lamal side now. You're seeing two 80s artists in one night. You slut. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we've got segregated. We've got the Berlin people, Terry Nunn over that side. And we've got the Lamal people over here. Hi, Lamal people. How are you? Hey. I'm always on the hunt for some 80s artefacts. Has anyone brought any singles or... Yes. His hair looks pretty special there. How would you describe the Lamal hair look, sir? Paul, all I can say is that when I was a kid, I wanted it. <laughs> Just trick my memory here. Does he appear in the film clip for Never Ending Story much? Just sort of in the front? Or does he actually get to ride that sort of dragon thing or not in the actual film clip. Come on, we've got a bunch of Lamal fans here. He's in the clip, he's definitely in the, in the clip. The classic 80s clip, he's in the clip and then there's scenes from the movie. Rhymes that keep their secrets Will unfold behind the clouds And there upon the rainbow Is the answer to a never-ending story Do you remember what you were doing when you first saw Lamal doing his thing on Countdown? How old was I, Mandy? Twelve? Yeah, about twelve. We're sisters. Sisters, wow, okay. yeah. You both share a burning love of hairstyles, as Lamal does. <laughs> yeah, we love him. He's never been to Australia before. I mean, he's come out and shot stuff for your celebrity. He's done interviews on Countdown, but he's never come and performed here before. But he needs to. And here at the end, who have we got here? Donna and Jeff. Which one of you is the Lamal fan, and which one is the other one that's so be cute. begrudgingly come along? This is his. Uh, probably a big New Romantics fan. I'm glad someone's finally said those two filthy yeah, words. Yeah. New Romantics. I have been introducing him as the New Romantics New Romantic to a certain oh, extent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you're all going to have a great night. Thank you. Now, now the gentleman who had all the very interesting albums is just bumping up to Terry Nunn there. I scared the, I scared the never-ending story out of him there. What does he sign there? One for me and my partner, Alan. And was there any explanation given as to how we can all achieve that Lamal hair? No. It should be secret. It's a secret, yeah, but we can all still want it. <laughs> I just want the hair. How was it with Terry? Great. Really good experience. It is an odd thing when you, you meet someone you've really wanted to meet for ages and everything. How'd you handle it? I think I did okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> you're trying to be cool, but inside you're going, it's Terry Nunn! Yeah. And could you tell everybody's going, oh, do they look the same as they did on the poster? Yes, they do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't 
have quite the 80s style hairdo. But you don't really want that. Not the poodle style hair look, no. <laughs> it's like get smart. Dun, 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 uh, look, I'm just caught in a corridor with Terry Nunny. Hi, Terry, how are you? I'm good. You've just been meeting some fans. What do they normally ask you? Is there one question everything wants to know? Well, this one I got tonight, what's it like to sing Take My Breath Away in so many different situations? because it's taken me all over the world. That was the song that opened up the world oh. to us. I was thinking about that song and the way you sing it, and in fact your voice, you're worried about getting a bit sick. Is it difficult to sing if there's any problem with your voice within the high range? It can be, yes. No, I was thinking, if that song was recorded now, they'd probably want to stick more of those silly vocal gymnastics in it, wouldn't they? They want more, <laughs> they, they'd want that, and the song doesn't need that, but do you think that some songs suffer from too much vocal gymnastics? I think so. I tried to add more vocal gymnastics and the writer, producer, Giorgio Moroder said, stop it, make it simple. And I thought he ruined the song. I said, okay, well, it's not going to make it now. It was number one all over the world. And do you think because it was simple and people can sing along at home right. without having to do that difficult stuff themselves, that's what right. made it? That's what he was trying to tell me, is people want to sing along, so keep it simple. Watch it. because he was the wild guy at the time. Yeah, he was a player. Yeah. How do you know that? They always had stories about him and they were always very different and it's, he's one of these legendary people. You don't know what's real, you don't know what's not. I mean, he was a genius. He worked with Bowie and Blondie. <laughs> Did cat people. He did flash dance. Fame. Donna Summer. We begged him to work with us. He was just a genius as a musician and a writer, but yeah, in his life, he was definitely a player. He's Italian, he was hot, he had like five girls all the time. And what clinched the deal? How, at that time, did you get the attention of Giorgio Moroder to produce a song for you? I guess he liked the song, and he liked us enough, and we had enough money. Ah, because <laughs> he's Italian. <laughs> oh, look, I'll let you save your voice there. Thank you, Maynard. Hey, look, I'm actually with a makeup artist who's doing Terry Nunn's from Berlin's makeup tonight. And, and how will you be doing it? And in what way will it be different from the way it might have been in the late 80s when she had her makeup done then? 
Ooh, good question. Probably a little bit less blue or pink eyeshadows. <laughs> Have you ever studied the way they did their makeup in the 80s? Because the one that interests me was the blitz look that the English girls had that looked like it had been applied with a spray gun, that blusher applied with a spray gun. How do you do that look? They can do that by an airbrush now, or you can use a piece of paper to give yourself a bit of a line. What's the most extreme look now that people have that you think in only a short period of time we're going, man, that's so 2016? Probably the extreme eyebrows. Very thick, very defined. We'll be looking at it going, man, monobrow, in only a <laughs> short period of time. Jersey Shore brow, maybe. Oh. Now, I can see you've got photos of Terry down there. Does she uh, provide any challenge or she seems like she's got pretty good complexion and good skin? Is it going to be a hard one applying makeup to her? Definitely not. I'm very lucky to have a wonderful canvas like Terry. <laughs> Just another day at the office for you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just sucking my face with pizza here before the Astor show in Perth. And that sort of ambient noise you can hear in the background, including that lovely uh, Judy Garland, I think it is. This is kind of what the dressing room's like, with everyone sitting around doing that kind of thing. And it's a, a lovely, relaxing thing. I'm just talking to my people on my podcast. Yeah, please. I'm not eavesdropping on them, am I, Ivan? Ivan's over there, a very calm, relaxed man with a quiet sense of humour that totally goes nuts on stage. We'll be talking to him later, but I've got to have my pizza here. I've got to say, it's, it's like this weird, wacky family. It's good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to saddle up next to uh, Paul Lukakis for a moment. Now, Paul, you're a little bit on the ill side. In fact, illnesses hit the company. Can we call it the Stacey Q virus? Because she got sick first. I don't know, but you never know. For those people out there, my show's all about lifestyle tips, and Paul Lukakis is a pretty healthy-looking guy. What are you doing to try and avoid being as little sick as possible? What do you do? Well, I'm taking vitamin C and lots of liquids, drinking a lot of fluids, and getting as much rest as possible. Which yeah. is tough, because people keep asking you, out after the show. Yeah, it's kind of tough, that one, but, you know, I do what I can. How was Sydney for you? As you had never performed in Sydney before, and that crowd went fucking nuts, is basically the expression we would say in Australia, when you did your show. How did you not go out and just meet everybody? It was just great, you know, I was so excited backstage, and I was like, finally here, and I was finally performing, and it was just this really great excitement before I went on stage, and then the crowd was really welcoming, and it was just really awesome. There was a few people going, oh, what's he going to look like? And you come out and like, of course you unzip your shirt and you get the huge round of applause. I was just going to those people. I think they thought you were going to come out like Jabba the Hutt and pass out. <laughs> well, you know, I do what I can. Thanks. Well, the cub reporter Maynard now over near the tea centre and uh, at the tea centre at the Virgin Lounge we find uh, Robin Law. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm actually um, just stealing some tea. Oh, sorry. So, this so is a crime in progress. Actually, I'm going to do the same thing. You're going for mint. You've had a history of touring and everything, so you should be knowing what to do on tour. But have you got anything that is, maybe isn't completely rational that you do before a show or while on tour to ward off bad happenings? I just take 15 minutes before the show to try and clear my head and focus and get some space away from everybody else. However, it is hard when you're sharing. As we did in Perth last night at the Astor Theatre, we were sharing a corridor. A corridor, yes, correct. Yes, a drafty corridor, that too. That's right, with a few alcoholics. That's true. And there was a wine presentation going on in the corridor while we were changing. It was interesting, it was surreal. What about other performers? Is there someone who's done something you've gone, I don't know how that helps your show? My husband, Jack Housden from the Whitlams, he actually does push-ups 
before the show. Is that just to get the blood pumping, is I it? Think, I think perhaps. But okay. also to um, maybe get a bit more... Oh, make his guns look a bit better. Yes. However, I must admit, they, they're never quite as big as mine. I think my arms are bigger than his. Okay. <laughs> and you had an unusual experience. You went to get what you thought would be a therapeutic massage the other day, and it turned out to be not that kind of massage place. But you didn't know that, did you? Straight no, away, no. No. So whilst on the road, I like having massages take out all the kinks out of yeah. my back. Look, it's just nice to have someone pay attention to you and just spend some time relaxing, yeah. Correct. However, yesterday, what I thought was going to be a nice remedial massage turned out to be a rub-and-tug place. <laughs> and the woman proceeded to part my bum cheeks. <laughs> and that was how we started. At any stage, to say that wasn't quite what I came here for. I had no idea. I actually had no idea. I felt hmm. awkward, but there was no happy ending. Let and, me tell you. And it wasn't a great <laughs> massage either, because no. that's that's not their specialty. That's right. So no one went home happy. No one. Oh well, they did. They got my money. Yes. Wow. <laughs> From now on, I'm going to have to go to a populated place. The weather isn't like a half tin shed with a chalkboard that's, massage special 60 bucks right. spelt incorrectly. With a draw curtain. Yes. <laughs> Hello, listener. Future Maynard here. Just letting you know where we are in this epic, totally 80s trek back and forth across Australia. You just heard Robin Noel, beautiful and very talented backup singer, giving you some good advice when seeking a massage while on tour and giving away a few of the secrets of the Whitlam's current success. Get those guns pumped before you go on stage, boys and girls. Now we take you to Adelaide, where we're staying at the Sir Stamford Hotel on North Terrace, and we're visited by Ray Campbell, one of the co-founders of the Adelaide Koala and Wildlife Hospital. And I would direct you to their website in case you feel like giving a donation. That's akawhospital.org.au as in Adelaide Koala and Wildlife Hospital akawhospital.org.au As you're about to hear, they came and visited us with some joey koalas and joey kangaroos and Martika was particularly taken as she got to hold a joey kangaroo and I'd like to thank Ray for the day she was lovely. We now return you to Adelaide, July 2016. Can I ask you, what does it feel like to just hold the Joey kangaroo there for a while? It's the first time you've held one. Oh, wow. It feels so nice. And it was very sweet. You've lived a dream today and actually got to cuddle a koala. <laughs> yes. I actually cried when I got in the room and saw that. <laughs> Why has it been such an ambition of yours? I just had a stuffed animal when I was a little girl. I used to sleep with it every night. And I don't know, it's just my favourite of all of my stuffed animals. And I just always had a dream to meet one someday. When they're in a placid state like that, it seems like a very Martika kind of animal, really. It's it's kind of just sitting there just being chilled. So beautiful. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. And a lot of people say that they smell kind of funny, but these have been a little bit cleaned up. They don't smell funny at all, do they? No, not at all. They're so sweet. Honey and Andrew with a double O. And of course, you can't take them home because you're not allowed to have them in America. No, I know, and that's part of the charm. <laughs> Every koala has an individual fingerprint. Explains why they're so that's bad why at shoplifting. Rob Banks. Yes, Banks. Yeah. And how do you describe your experience with Honey? He's just so cute. Just reminds me of like a big stuffed teddy bear that I used to have, but it actually moves and it's real. So mm. it's exciting. Actually, a guy who's pretty used to nightclubs and, and a high living life, Paul Lukakis. How'd you go cuddling a bit of Australian's nature there? 
Oh, I loved it. It was great. The kangaroo and the koala. I mean, I'm a nature freak, so I like really, really enjoyed this. Incredibly cliche, culling a kangaroo when you come to Australia, but you know. Well, you don't have it brought to you <laughs> and get to hold it, you know, at your leisure. It's kind of cool. <laughs> and it had the effect of calming everyone down immediately, honey. Now, what was yes. the effect honey the koala had on you? All the other animals that I've held and this being a different feel and it kind of grabs onto you and holds you like clutches you. Almost the polar opposite to the, the entertainment world, isn't it? It's yeah. the complete opposite. It's chill no matter what's happening. But it's like an, an extreme fan, and that way it yeah. does clutch <laughs> yeah, and true. never lets go. I'm currently sitting in the Rest Point Casino venue, which holds almost almost 2,000 people. I've got a little bit of a, a fluey cold, which explains why I sound a bit different. And I'm here with... David Henderson. Hendo, people know me as. What's your gig with this tour? I do the front of house sound. We've got a bit of a hold-up here. They're actually replacing one of the speakers. I have never seen that happen before in a venue just before a show. Especially this late. Yeah. And especially because they nearly dropped a shackle on my head. That's why I'm not near the mixing console now. What's it like doing front of house for so many different acts? With one band, you get to tune them before the show and then you know what they're going to be like. But this time you've got eight different artists coming on. Two songs off, two songs off. There's been enough shows to, to understand the difference in, the, in them so I can sort of prepare myself for them. Especially as you have that little gap for us. While you're doing that, I have time to get ready for the next one. That's also part of the job as being a host too, is to give these sound guys, because you've got to reset all your EQs, etc., haven't you? Yes, exactly. So we just need that little bit of time to get prepared. That's why you never talk to a sound guy to gig people. Don't do that. <laughs> He's not standing there casually listening. He's actually actively listening. That's correct. Actively listening is the correct term. You wouldn't have seen many of these artists live before. Who's, who's been the most interesting to you on stage so far? I have to say my favourite is Berlin. They're very rock and roll, and Terry's voice is, is faultless, even when she was not well for a day or two. She really delivers a show. Oh, she absolutely does, and she's a lovely lady too. What Isn't else? she? She's really nice backstage. She's always happy to share the rider, want to know if you've got enough water, all that sort of thing. She's great. Always saying hello, always saying thank you. You don't always expect that. No, that's a nice thing to come from artists. Well, look, just... don't you get hit on the head with anything, and I hope the PA comes together. And me too. And don't talk to the sound guy, people. <laughs> We're here in Rest Point Casino at the meet and greet and with some people and you're here to see... Berlin, Terry Nunn. Have you thought of a really interesting question for Terry that she hasn't been asked before? Well, I'll have to wait and probably see if I think of something. Any of you brought any interesting artefacts from the uh, 80s? Any cassettes, any VHS tapes to sign or anything? We're here to see Martika. What made you a Martika fan? Oh, I just love the music. Have you thought of an interesting question for her? Is there any new music coming out? We've got a Lamal fan. When was your earliest memory of Lamal? Was it when he was in Kajagugu or Never Ending Story? Both. Countdown, I guess. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He doesn't look too much different, does he? No, he doesn't. But he's still got a bit of spiky hair, yes, too. He has, yeah. Just, just enough spike to let you know it's him. Yes, that's right. We're here to see Martika. What was the song that really sold you on Martika oh, back in the day? Toy Soldiers. I also yeah. like uh, Love That Will Be Done. Who are you here to meet? Katrina. And I wasn't. Because she's awesome? Yes, I'll agree very wholeheartedly <laughs> with that. Wasn't it great when she won Eurovision? Most definitely. I'm just a full-blown 80s chick from way back. Oh, have you got a tri tricky question for her? When will she be coming back? Just a, a quick interview with you, just a quick one, if you've got time to have a chat for oh my, my podcast. Is that all right? Oh, my God, anything for you. Are you oh, kidding okay. me? Yes. I'm here with someone who's been a real trooper during the uh, Totally 80s tour, and that's Stacey Q, and then that's because she's been a trooper because you haven't been able to do two shows because you were unwell for a while. I got uh, incubated uh, with a little um, virus, then I got chilled, and so I ended up in the hospital with pneumonia. 
But here I am, so, back again. So apologies to Perth and Sydney, but everywhere else you've done fine. What do you like on tour? Have you got an Achilles heel on tour? Do you get chilled on tour sometimes? I love everything about my job. I love to tour. I've been touring since I was since I was five years old. Danced with a classical ballet company, you know, toured with them. Then I toured with Ringling Brothers. You used to ride elephants, didn't you? I did, I did. And then my elephant went to the Beyond Belief show with Siegfried and Roy in Las Vegas. Wow. My elephant, Gilda. So your elephant had a career. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Yeah. My elephant was having a career probably long before me because, you know, they live a long time. Wow. <laughs> so when I went in the circus, I was 18, and Gilda was much older than I was when I got there. You've also got a very distinctive style of dancing. When you come on stage at the show, you do a special little move. I have no idea what it's called, but I went, oh, that's the Stacey Q move. It's just a little bit that was choreographed myself and Carla Garrido, who ended up being the head choreographer for Prince. It's just a little bit that was choreographed um, when I was doing my club tour in 1990 with the Nights Like This album. Have you ever been to Australia before performing? I've never been to Australia, period, so right. this is the first time. I thought that was the case. How come you never made it? It's because you were so busy in America, you just really didn't have time to come here? Yes, many, many times. You were very sweet and, and invited me, but um, I wasn't able to come. What do you make of the audiences here? You've seen audiences all around the world. Are we different in, in any way? Yes, you stand out in the fact that each and every one of these audiences in every single one of these cities are absolutely wonderful. They are there, totally there for the 80s thing. <laughs> we love them all. Let me tell you. You saw them, saw them last night at the Thebedon Theatre in Adelaide, and the Thebedon Theatre is a little bit unusual, even for Australian venues in some ways, because people could come right down to the front of the stage. There was no safety barrier, so people could come right down the front. You could see their faces very clearly. Well, I'll tell you, yes, I can see everybody's faces clearly. Even in a big, giant arenas, when you're on the stage, for some reason, you can see every single person up to the very last row what they're wearing if their t-shirt is striped you know you can really tell that's a real zen thing that's almost like tuning in on the moment isn't it it's very true if the lights are so blinding you know if they're so yeah, into they it be. that they give you a big blinding thing then no way but almost always any place i've ever been i was always amazed with that being on the stage i could see every single person and sometimes they'd be doing something and i would like say you over there are doing this that and the other and they seem pretty shocked from my vantage point I can see everybody being all this far away from your home in Australia and you go into a concert hall of 2,000 people and they're all singing along to a song that you did a while ago and you must scratch your head and go wow they still know the words I feel very grateful and very humbled and so I'm just so happy to be there I think it's just a beautiful thing I've never seen anything like it especially oh. for me personally so I will die trying to repair their kindness. Do you do these kind of tours in the US? You mentioned the freestyle tour. What, what's, what's it normally about? In America, we've been doing the freestyle explosion tour. I guess you might akin it to the, um, you know, the very famous oldies tour with the four tops and the temptations oh, and the okay. dramatics. Oh. It's like that. It's um, Stevie B and Lisa Lisa 
and Debbie Deb and Expose and Trenier and myself and many, many others. I mean, you never think that when you have a hit song, well, first of all, when you record a record, you never think, oh, you're going to have a top 10 hit all over the world. So first of all, that makes you stop and think. But then you never think, oh, that 30 years later that they're still going to love you like that and their kids and their grandkids. It's wonderful. Two of Hearts and We Connect. What do you think made them the sticky pop hits that they were? People that buy it, the audience, it's you all, not me. That's one thing that you cannot do by yourself is self-proclaim that you're world famous. Glad to see you feeling much better. Oh, Maynard, thank you so much. It's so great to have you here too.
maynard.com.au. AU! Hmm. Awkward.